morning. Welcome back to Scripture in Black and White. Uh, I'm Anthony Walker here with Bobby Harrington. Good to see you again. Good to be with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, we're thankful uh, that you've been staying with us and, and following each episode. We hope that it has been beneficial to you. Uh, and today's episode uh, is going to be excellent as well. Uh, we're going to go into this subject, Bobby, that I think is very important. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about the challenges of it. And one of the blessings uh, of marriage is our children. Yes. And so we want to deal with, okay, you know, the importance of having children and, and how God looks at that. Uh, but also we'll get into as well uh, discipling our kids. Say a word on those couple of things, Bob. I just, uh, I think, you know, when I look back at my life, uh, the one thing that's probably been the most enjoyable and uh, the one that I'm just most grateful for God. I mean, I love being married to Cindy, uh, but I really loved having children. And I, I often tell people, if I could go back in time, uh, I would actually have more children uh, than I did. We had two kids and, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. And it's just, you know, just a great part of life uh, is having children. Let me ask you this, um, because, you know, I'm a couple of years younger than you. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> um, but but in the in our younger generations and even the generation that's coming behind me, there is the tendency to a um, not have as many kids or even b not have kids at all. Yeah. Uh, how would you respond to that, given your experience and observation? Yeah. So uh, for me, we you know why do, why does anybody want to have kids? Well. You want to have kids. One of the things you're thinking about is the original command of God, uh, reproduce and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Now we can say that the earth has been filled, um, but uh, I actually <coughs> think that <coughs> in part there's an ongoing, uh, you know, merit to still having children, especially ch uh, Christian children uh, who will make such a difference in the world that's coming up. But then it's just joyful. I mean, you know, it's joyful to have children. Uh, I also think that uh, one of the things a lot of people are missing, uh, in addition to the joy and, and the relationship with them, is uh, one of God's plans was, as we get older, uh, our children take care of us. Um, you know, 1 Timothy 5 talks about children taking care of their parents. Uh, you know, the widows, uh, that kind of thing. And there is in Scripture this holistic picture of uh, we have our children, our children grow up, they have children, but the family unit, uh, in the best sense, is a unit that stays together and helps each other throughout all of life. Mm. So that's another thing I would add. I, don't, I'm, I, I hope I'm not coming across as rigid on this, um, I do think that you can argue that uh, the idea that we have filled the earth, you could say that. That's how, when I became a disciple of Jesus, I was actually taught that. Oh, wow. That the mandate had been fulfilled. It's interesting, though, because right now in most uh, advanced civilizations, uh, there's a problem because we're not having enough children. Mm -hmm. Like if you just trace it out, 
Uh, we're not having enough children, like in places, it's really clear in Japan, where the population declined by half a million last year, that uh, when you don't have children, uh, what happens over time, and this is true in China, it's true in Russia, it's true in places like France, uh, in Germany. The United States has a lot of immigration, so it helps overcome that, but it's a civilizational problem because when you don't have children, then you don't have enough of a workforce uh, to take care of society and to take care of all the old people. So I would just bring that up as a point. Elon Musk says it's the biggest problem facing humanity is that we're not having enough children anymore. So uh, anyway, I, I don't know about all of that. I just know it's a blessing. In fact, I think one of the things you and I talked about before this is, uh, uh, I think it's Psalm 127. Hear, hear this, David says, uh, in Psalm 127, beginning of verse 3, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, children are born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And so David is saying that one, uh, the, the holistic view is that children are a heritage, a gift, a treasure from God. Um, and, 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 you know, to those in the younger generations or those who say, ah, you know, we don't want to have kids. We don't have understand that this was the, the, the understanding from Scripture. This is a heritage, a gift, a treasure. But then as a as a head of household, I want you to listen to what he says. He says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior we are to be raising up our kids and discipling them knowing that we are shooting them out into the world and and their impact on the world will make the world better so sometimes i hear the 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 the, the statement that oh you know we don't have kids look at the condition of the world actually god is saying if you look at the condition of the world you say ah oh, we need we need to have kids because now we have a force, a godly force that we are discipling and shooting into the world to help to transform uh, the world in its condition. I think that having children ends up being a, a huge statement of faith. Yes. Like, uh, I believe God's going to be with me. Uh, I believe that, you know, history marches forward and uh, we're going to trust the goodness of God in the midst of all of this. Uh, I, know, I know that things are going to get much more difficult. I mean, all the trends are there. We've talked about right. them so far in this series. But it's a statement of faith that God's with us. And ch uh, children who are raised by godly Christian parents are going to make a huge difference in the world to come. You know, Bobby, sometimes the, the statement is made, well, I can't, we can't. We can't afford to have kids or we, oh, children are expensive. You know, you got to buy all these things. I can remember um, being uh, younger before uh, Jenny and I had our kids. And, um, you know, we knew, okay, when we were ready to have our first child, we, okay, we're, we're ready for this. But all of the older generation, they kept using this verse. They kept saying, oh, but let's have your quiver full. Y'all need to have some more kids. Y'all need to have. And we kept thinking like, man, it's tight right now with, you know, myself and Jenny and, and, and uh, Remington at the time. It's like, it's tight financially. I don't know how 
And I remember one uh, older person at our church, they said, listen, God will provide. Yeah. If you eat, your kids are going to eat. You're not going to neglect your kids. Like, you're going to do that. And he obviously has provided. He's done so very well. So um, having kids uh, is, is a great thing, a great treasure uh, from God. Uh, but we've also got to disciple those kids. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, when I look back and Cindy and I decided we we're going to stop at two kids, part of it, you know, and I, I'm sorry to say this, I wish I had more faith back then, you know, because I was concerned financially too. I was in ministry and, you know, when you're in ministry, you don't make as much. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to be able to go to a Christian university. I knew I had to save up for that and everything, but I wish I had more faith back then. So I'm just, I'm just sharing that with you. When you were talking, I was looking at for a passage from Malachi chapter two, uh, which we're going to get to in the series when we talk about uh, divorce, um, but it talks about uh, why does God want a couple to come together? Like, why is the marriage covenant important to God? And then he says this uh, uh, about, has God not made you? You belong to him. And then he says, and what does God seek? Godly offspring. Yes. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. So what is God seeking? Godly offspring. You know, when you spend time and look at the Bible and you say, uh, why is God allowing history to go on? It's because God's hoping for as many godly offspring as possible. Or hoping is probably not the right word. God is waiting for as many godly offspring as possible before Jesus comes back and brings history to an end. So the original mandate was uh, uh, multiply fill the earth and subdue it. Now in Jesus, it's uh, fill the earth with disciples. Yes. And uh, so godly parents are raising up disciples of Jesus, people in relationship with God. Uh, God loves that when we respond to him. And that's why he lets history go on because he's, he's wanting to maximize the total number of people that he takes to eternity with him. So we, we, when we have our kids, um, whose responsibility, who holds that primary responsibility for discipling them into Christ? Do we just have them and say, hey, let's, let's just take them to the church and drop them off? <laughs> well, that's what a lot of families think today. They think that, uh, hey, I'm a part of a church, uh, supporting the church with my tithes and offerings, mm -hmm. and it's the church's job to raise my kids. It's the church's job to teach my children. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't teach that. So uh, let's talk about it. Sure. So uh, if, you have, if you're watching or listening, I want to encourage you to get a Bible. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. And let me just say something about uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy, or Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, is the most important, central foundational teaching in the Bible about uh, God's plan for us as parents with our kids. Mm. So the book of Deuteronomy was written by Moses. It records God's commands to Moses. Uh, you know, it's, it's, one, it's called part, part of the uh, uh, Pentateuch, first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, 
Deuteronomy. It describes when God, through Moses, took the Israelites out of Egypt. They're in the Sinai Desert. They're about to go into the land. And this is like super central. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, here's the core teaching for parents with their kids. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, the New Testament totally assumes Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, which we'll look at, references it briefly, but it is the assumption that everybody knows Deuteronomy 6, and uh, it, it guides what God's people do. Actually, when we get into it, we're going to see uh, the importance of teaching your children the commandments. In the time of Jesus, Jewish parents, because of Deuteronomy 6, believed they not only needed to teach their children God's commands, but to do it, they had to teach their children how to read. So in the first century, a very high percentage of people were actually literate. They could read and write, all because of this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So, so after leaving uh, Egyptian captivity and, and, and as they're wandering through, but before they get to Canaan and, and, and start this new chapter in humanity, really, um, God says, okay, hold on, let's pause here and let's get down some rules and regulations and some guidelines, commands on how to live. So that's where we get all the commandments. But, but this is a, before we walk into this next phase, let's go over some teaching. And a part of that teaching as you're breaking down is, and parents, because prior to this, you did the best you could. Yeah, that's right. The, that's exactly right. It's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of like our secular world today. People are just trying to figure it out yeah. without, without relying on God. And that's how the Israelites were in the land of Egypt. But because he loved them, God wanted to give them guidance and direction of how to live the best possible life, how to have the best possible society. So he guides and directs them. Gotcha. So uh, back to, to this too. One of the ways of thinking of it is God gave in the Old Testament 613 commandments. The Ten Commandments are a summary of it. And so all of that's assumed. The 613 commandments, the Ten Commandments. And then he says he's going to say to parents, okay, here's how it's going to work with your kids. So do you want to read it sure, for us, sure. Anthony? That's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Mm. So I want to deal with this, Bobby. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your strength, all your heart. Um, this is primary, as we've talked about, to our Christian walk. It begins with this loving God, um, fearing God, keeping his commandments, but loving him with all that we are, all that we are, our, our, our strength, our being, our mind, our heart. 
And he says, these commandments I give you are to be on your hearts. And what do we do with them? Impress them on your children. Help me with that, Bobby. Yeah. Impress them on your children. Yeah. So um, just a little bit of back, backdrop on this. This uh, In Jewish teaching, it's called, uh, this is a central part of the Shema, uh, which is uh, uh, a Jewish family uh, will often say this prayer every day. Hear, hear O Israel, uh, love the Lord your God. The Lord, the Lord is one. Um, so I, I always want to start with uh, anything I want my kids to have, I, I've got to have it first. I got to be what I want them to be. Uh, we have this expression, you can't lead where you don't go. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't give to your children what you can't show in your own life. And so we want to be, I want to love God. The, the best thing a child can ever do is stumble in and see their parents on their knees praying to God or uh, stumble and see the parents in scripture by themselves. It's like our intimacy with God has to be the foundation because it's going to be caught more than taught. And as much as this is all going to be all about teaching, but let's remember uh, it's going to be caught more than taught. So we really want to love God. Uh, and I can't state that strongly enough. I have to love God truly, genuinely, deeply. Um, uh, one of my friends says uh, children have a great uh, uh, baloney detector. Uh, you know, they, 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 can, they can figure it out when, when dad's not legitimate. Years ago, I was uh, uh, preaching at church. There was a man there with his little boy, and the guy was more of a cultural Christian. And I did a sermon on cultural Christianity and don't be a cultural Christian and all that. And uh, the little boy, I was standing there. The little boy comes up and he says, "Daddy, how come we're cultural Christians?" And it was, you know, it was true. Uh, kids, they know, and they know more than they actually can articulate because they pick up on all kinds of signs about who's legitimate and who's not. So the first thing is to be legitimate. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that you're perfect. Sure. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No, no. Uh, like I stumble and fall every day. But when I stumble and fall, do my kids see me stumbling and falling in relationship with God, where I'm confessing to them that I stumbled and fell, where they see me praying and asking God's forgiveness uh, as a part of it? But I got to be real. It's got to be the real deal. I really know God and walk with God uh, because that's the best environment for my kids to begin with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so these, you know, what God has commanded, he says, we impress this, impress them on our children. Um, they need to know. One thing that I think it, that I love about this and God's uh, foresight for us is his commands were not burdensome on us. They're not so high level that it takes a PhD to teach it. The expectation is that every parent should be able to teach this to their kids. Yeah. So, so we don't have to look at it as parents to say, oh man, I, this stuff is, is so high. I'm just going to drop them off at Harpeth. You know, they have a lot of good Bible teaching. I'll just drop it off. God is saying, no, you can actually take this word yourself at home. So good, Anthony. And teach it to them. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's your responsibility. Absolutely. You know, of all the things you're going to do with your kids, there's nothing more important than discipling them to walk with God, to know his commandments, mm -hmm. 
to obey them and walk with God. You don't delegate that to the church. You don't delegate that to the neighbors. Mm -hmm. You don't delegate that to your parents. It's my, the buck stops with us as parents. And, and all of those other uh, areas are just reinforcements. That's exactly right. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And so then he says, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Isn't that great? <laughs> so the, the, the norm for the house is God's word is prevalent. Like that's the norm. That's, that's what we do here. Uh, it, it's not abnormal to stop and pray. It's not abnormal to during dinner to talk about how scripture relates to life. And, and it's not abnormal to before you go to bed, hey, let's make sure to what do we talk about today? What did we learn today from God's word? When we wake up the next morning, hey, remember, look at how God has blessed us to wake up another day. That's the norm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it, here, here's the order that I see. Uh, okay. First off, I have to have authentic relationship with God mm -hmm. where it's true of me. I'm, I'm seeking to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Secondly, I've got to know the commands. Okay. Like I've got to be in the word and I got to know what God commands. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, then I'm going to communicate them to my children. And I love the way this text talks about how you do it. It's not, okay, we're going to have class now. Uh, like every, every uh, you know, couple of days we're going to have class. It's no, impress them. So, so I, I want to impress my children, impress it upon them. Hey, this is the most important stuff in our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm impressing this on you. Yeah. It's the most important stuff in our life. And here's how I'm doing it. When I sit at home, when I walk along the road, when I lie down, and when I get up. Mm. So what's happening is uh, we, we call this intentional, relational disciple making or intentional, relational transformation. What we're doing is, hey, this is super important. God wants me to love him, know his commandments. And every day I'm thinking about with my kids, when we're at home, when we're walking along the road, when we lie down, when we get up, I'm making sure I'm thinking about helping them know and obey the commands of God. It's pretty all encompassing, but it's highly relational. It's like, as you're living your life, remember these commandments, teach these commandments. Sometimes Anthony, uh, I, I talk about how Jesus made disciples. And I wanna I always tell people that Jesus just followed this with his disciples. Yes. Like you read through the gospels, that's when they're walking along the road, when they're getting in the boat, mm -hmm. when we're at when they're at, you know, Simon the tax collector's house, when they're uh, you know, when somebody's confronting them at the synagogue. It's all of life is the context for discipling uh, our children intentional, relational, ongoing transformation in the ways of God. He says, uh, and, I, and I want you to help us with this, Bobby, because I think sometimes it has been taken very literal in verse eight. He says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Uh, both of us have been to Israel. Uh, I've, you've been several times we'll be going again here pretty soon um but you don't necessarily have to go there but when you do go there uh you will see 
literal examples of this. What is... It, it is actually kind of fascinating. So the Orthodox Jewish tradition is that, uh, and you see this when you go to Jerusalem, to the, uh, to the Wailing Wall in particular, you'll see Jewish people with these, uh, uh, they literally put the commands of God in these little boxes that they tie to the top of their heads. They wrap straps around their arms to help them remember it. And then every uh, Jewish house of an Orthodox Jew has a mezuzah uh, on the doorframe of their house. Uh, and inside it is uh, scripture. I actually kind of like that. Uh, so like at our house, I brought back from Israel a mezuzah. And I found the oldest, I have a replica of the oldest copy of any verse uh, ever found by an archaeologist. It's from 600 BC, and it's the prayer from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up this countenance upon you and give you peace. Well, there's a copy of that that they found 600 BC in a tomb in Jerusalem. And I got a copy of it. So uh, on our house, when you come to my house, you're going to see on the front door, there's this little thing. It's called a mezuzah. It's kind of a, a gold and silver. It's three quarters of the way up. And it's sideways, uh, not sideways, but... Um, it's angled. It's angled. Uh, and there's that passage in there. And I, I just want it for my kids and grandkids when they come. Oh, yeah, uh, Pop and Lolly. We're, we're Lolly and Pop. Cindy's Lolly, I'm Pop. Lolly and Pop's house, they, they have scripture on the door there. But it's a reminder of what he's saying here, uh, of how serious we treat the commands of God. Writing them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So you've got it. You've got it on your door frame. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, again, just kind of reiterating, and we're about to get into our uh, next section here, but just to kind of recap this, um, having kids a treasure, definitely. But then secondly, discipling those kids that you have in the ways of Jesus uh, is vitally important. And it is, I would say, the greatest work that you'll do as a parent and it is definitely the uh, greatest impact that you'll have on their lives. And, and, and there was one thing you said, and I, I really love this, um, because I, I say it a different way, but we're, we're kind of along the same line. Um, you say most of it's going to be caught rather than taught. And the way that I kind of phrase that is, I'm like, man, I wish that my kids learned everything I taught them. But oftentimes they're catching things that I, you know, if, if, if we just stuck by what I taught you, man, we would have some great times, but they see what we do. They see how we interact. They see how we walk this out. And so it is not just the teaching, but also what they catch. Yeah. All right. Thank you. This has been really helpful. It's been great. And uh, we hope that it encourages those of you who have joined us. See you all next time on Scripture in black and white.